Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. The Danny Mac Show with BK. Podcast powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. You know, Miles is gonna he's not gonna throw aside no more. He played catch today, a little more aggressive. And he and you know, he's gonna get some imaging done. So he's not overly concerned about the imaging. He's not we're not, you never know till you look. He's just not progressing and getting that sort inside of his shoulder as, as quickly as he or we would like. And you know, we haven't pushed him to this point. We're not gonna push any of our guys. You know, Miles Miles is frustrated, we're frustrated for him. Danny Mac show on a Wednesday, and it's not the news that you want to hear from Mike Schilt, and that's the news that you don't want to hear ever in a camp. And that's what you always say, BK, is in spring training, you want to come out healthy. You want to get the games in. You want to get the innings in. You want to build up with a pitching staff and say, okay, here's our starting five. Here's our 26-man roster, and away we go. But now we have what we know is our first injury and setback officially, and that is Miles Michaelis. He will not break camp with the St. Louis Cardinals come April 1st when the Cardinals go to Cincinnati. Welcome to the show on a Wednesday, and so there's some questions to be answered. We'll dive into that. Steve Sachs, the former Dodger, will be our guest. Does a lot of work for MLB Network Radio. Looking forward to that. And uh, BK, good morning to you. Good morning to you. Disappointing news on Miles Michaelis. I think anybody that has been listening to the show has seen it probably trending in this direction unfortunately this is an annual rite of passage for almost every team in baseball the question is who's it going to hit and when's it going to hit you know when you report to camp there's probably going to be a pitcher that reports that is pushed back a little bit and then maybe they eventually get back on track but with shoulders that's always a concern and it hit the cardinals and not only did it hit them it hit one of the guys that i think is among the most important players on the team this year sure And that's the thing that I don't want to lose sight of here. It's not some guy that was like seventh in the depth chart for your rotation. Miles Michaelis is a pivotal guy in their rotation. I know they were able to make it through last year without him, but they also had Dakota Hudson for much of that time. This was supposed to be basically your internal Dakota Hudson replacement for all intents and purposes. Him not being out there there makes me feel a little worse about the rotation. Here's my question to you, Dan. Is this more an early season, we got to piece things together question, or is it a, this Cardinals team might have some issues with for the the entire year type of a question. Who knows? That's what I've been wrestling with. Who knows? Uh, Now I think, let's start with the immediate. This is how I look at it. Now, instead of having a battle for the fifth spot where Martinez may have been a battle, and I think he had the inside track. Now he's your number four. I think you put that in pen, and it's a battle for the fifth spot. And I put Gant, Oviedo, Ponce de Leon, and Jake Woodford. And Woodford, to me, is an interesting guy. Now, they've been using him out of the pen. He hasn't been getting starts. This is where I like Jake Woodford, and I'll tell you why. John Gant, I love him in the bullpen. I am a big proponent of John Gant in the bullpen. Agreed. Historically, third time through, albeit small sample size, has not been great. I loved his sinker usage last year. I love him with ground balls coming in to clean up innings. He's really good getting that ground ball double play. Johan Oviedo, small sample size, doesn't go deep into games. Daniel Ponce de Leon doesn't go deep into games, doesn't throw a lot of strikes. 
What does Jake Woodford do? Throw strikes, potentially, and get you deeper into games. What are we talking about in 2021? You need guys that throw strikes and potentially give you innings. And that's what you would hope would happen in 2021. May not be a 10-game winner, may not be a 15-game winner, but you're going to need innings more than ever this season. And that's why that may switch the mindset on what you think about looking ahead. If it's not going to be Alex Reyes, it may change the mindset of what you thought 48 hours ago with Jake Woodford. I could see it. Um, I think he's, for me, like the next man up. I think I would go with Daniel Ponce de Leon. Like if we're, if I think we're going, you're right. choose your fighter, right? Yeah. You, you get to the beginning of the video game. You got to choose your fighter. I'm going with Daniel Ponce de Leon because I think it's his turn. And I know that sounds kind of lame in terms of like the analysis of it, but I kind of view all these guys the same. I think that if you go Jake Woodford, he's probably going to give you four or five innings consistently. If you go with John Gant, probably four innings or so consistently. I think the same thing is true for Daniel Ponce de Leon. And so that's just, it's a reality that the Cardinals are going to be facing this year is that fifth starter spot might not be a plus for you. It might be a neutral and that's fine, but if I'm going to go with any of those three guys, the one that I think has the highest upside as a starter for me right now is Daniel Ponce de Leon. We've seen the stuff. It's about whether or not he can get through counts quickly, efficiently this year. I would like to find out. I don't know the answer to that question yet, but I want to know if he can do that because the stuff plays, it's there. And if he can end up maybe living up to some of the hype that I've seen from him. I think he's got the highest upside for you. Cardinals right now in spring training are last in whip. Walks, hits, and innings pitched. They're in the bottom third in ERA. So what does that tell you? They're not throwing strikes. And if there's anything that we should learn about this Cardinals team, at least the general theme in my mind of pitching anyway, whether you had the worst defense behind you or not, but they have a really good defense, throw strikes. They got to throw strikes. Yesterday, so, that, I, think, I think yesterday with Carlos was the first time that a Cardinals pitcher, Cardinals starter, not named Adam Wainwright, made Went it three. through the first inning. Right. Like, that's amazing. Right. The, I, I mean, think about what I just said. We're two weeks into spring training now, and no other Cardinals starter in an A game other than Wayno had made it through the first inning intact. It's funny, though, when you have a season or even in spring training, and let's just say they go the next time through the order pitch well it changes the mindset real quickly go oh wow this is the pitching we thought it could be it it changes quickly and i'm not trying to be a homer here it can change very quickly but i i agree with you it's it's got to change and it starts throw some strikes you have a very good defense they need to throw strikes i know that a lot of the pressure is going to be put on whoever gets that fifth spot whether it be gant or ponce or woodford whoever your guy is i think it's really on carlos martinez I think that's the guy that can potentially make or break this rotation because I feel pretty good about the top three right now. Wayno, Flaherty, KK. I know that KK's had his struggles at times in camp. I, I think he's going to be fine. It's really, can you get that fourth starter that you feel good about? And if Carlos ends up being the guy that we saw three years ago, I know that's a big question that a lot of Cardinals fans don't want to have to answer. That completely changes the trajectory of this rotation. If you can't, though, if it ends up being a problem for them, that's when we start looking at that fifth starter. And it's kind of like the lineup in previous years, right? We start looking at Harrison Bader and we're like, why aren't you getting more customer production? Well, it's not on Bader to be that produ- offensive producer. It's about the guys that you have in that three and fourth spot. Same thing in your rotation. You need Carlos to have a big year this year. Okay, so the payroll prior to 
signing. I did some numbers here. Yadier Molina was roughly about 153 and a half, something like that. And now it's about 160 or so. Throw some names at you. Cole Hamels, Rick Porcello, uh, the Shark, Samarja. Anybody No. tickle your fancy? No. I, I don't think that this is something that can be answered with one of the free agents. If they want to make a trade, maybe there's a guy out there that you could go get. Um, I don't know who that would be that would be available, especially early in the season. But I think they're going to test their luck with these guys that are internal. I think you bide your time and you watch the B camp. You watch the satellite camp. You, you play with what you got. And if it doesn't work, you, you start dipping into that depth. And uh, at that point in time, see how you're playing and see how the other teams are, are going about their business, too. And if teams want to start unloading. Then you see where you're at. And oh. and patience, we talk about a lot. I mean, that's part of the, what happens in a long season and see where you're at. I would also add that I think the Cardinals are going to be okay later this year. Like, you might have a Zach Thompson that's ready by July or whatever. You might have somebody like Woodford maybe even that's looking great down in AAA and he ends up filling that fifth spot. Maybe Alex Reyes in August is kind of built up they're feeling good about where he is health wise and now he's going to get some opportunities to start i think they've got so many options internally that by the end of the season we could feel much better about that fifth spot in the rotation this is the danny mac show with bk the podcast powered by i promise This is the Wednesday edition of the show. Hey, one of the things I want to get into with uh, BK, and we were talking about this the other day, and I hope that Mike Schilt goes back to this, and I I bet he does, and he does have the personnel to do it. Now, the personnel that he has to do it with have to get on base. Now, that's, that's kind of part of the equation, BK. You either got to walk, get hit by a pitch, or... I don't know, hit the ball to to get on base. And I, I hope they do that, and I think they can. But the Cardinals were 27th last year in the league in stolen bases at 18. Now, they played 58 games. Uh, Wong led the team in stolen bases with five. Active roster now, Bader and O'Neill were at three. Uh, with guys in Ola, with Goldie and Arenado in the lineup, is it as important for them to be as aggressive on the base pass? I, I think it is. I, I think... You take them out of the equation. So what I'm talking about is the lower half of the lineup trying to be as aggressive as they can. You have a guy that is a perfect hit-and-run candidate in Yadier Molina. You have other guys like Edmund, Tyler O'Neill, Bader, uh, Lane Thomas that you can steal with. Goldie can swipe you a bag every once in a while if you wanted to do that. But it, the bigger picture is what I'm talking about here. Be aggressive. I, I think that with this lineup, Minus an Arenado, and I'm going to throw Carlson in there too. I think they're going to have to be creative. This this lineup with current members of what they have, they're going to have to be creative as they go along. I really do believe that. I want to see a throwback year for the Cardinals. I want to see 2019 Cardinals aggressiveness on the bases. We've seen it from Mike Schilt. He, he's been willing to do this before. In 2019, they stole 116 bags. Yep. Let's get back to that. Let's see what that looks like with this current group of players. Dan, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago now, I think. If you look at like the sprint speeds, they're they're tracking all of this stuff now in baseball, right? The Cardinals have five, six guys on the roster that are elite when it comes to their speed. Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader, Lane Thomas, Tommy Edmond, Dylan Carlson. Let's see those guys get to running once they get on base. Absolutely. I, I never forget this. I did a, a private event uh, with Mike Schilt. 
And I, I've told you this story, and I think fans will get a kick out of it. He said, uh, he said, you know, folks, I'm I'm paid to win games. He said, don't forget. He said, I don't you forget it, and I certainly don't forget it. You come to the ballpark, he said, because and you follow these games because hey, I know you want to watch Colton Wong, and I know you're there to watch Goldschmidt and DeYoung and all. He started listing all the guys, and he said, I know you want to see your favorite team win games, and we're supposed to win the World Series. He said, I. Do not forget that. I get it. I am there to win games and win the World Series and get us there and get us atop of the big world. He said, however, I'm also not uh, not uh, adverse to understanding that we are entertainers. We're supposed to entertain. So when you buy that ticket or you're watching television, don't forget this is supposed to be kind of fun. And so, and he's got that little twang, you know, this is supposed to be kind of fun when you come to the ballpark and you, you go there. It's like to be, a mix of Mike Schultz right. with a little Tim McCarver right. that you're doing there. <laughs> I, I am. This is supposed to be fun. You know, you're, you're coming there to be entertained, you know, and, and this is supposed to be fun. And he's right. You know, he, this is supposed to be something that you, when you go to the ballpark, you go to be in. And, and I don't know about you, but watching guys run the bases, I enjoy it. I grew up with the 80s teams. That was fun to watch. Now, it's, I'm not saying Vince Coleman's coming back and playing for the St. Louis Cardinals, but, man, that that brand of baseball, that's fun to watch. It's action on the bases. It's action in the game, and that's what we want to see. You want to see the ball in play, and then once you, once you get those guys on, you want to see them running because this puts more pressure on the defense, and we've seen – Teams are now emphasis on offense than ever before. You've got first basemen that are basically DH DHs that are playing at first. You've got guys at second. Mike Moustakis is playing second base now. That never would have happened 20 years ago. Put pressure on him, and the way you do that is by running. Let's go to the uh, Brown and Crouppen celebrity line, and we say good morning to Steve Sachs, former Major League Baseball second baseman, played a long time, 1981 through 1994. He's now a Major League Baseball network radio analyst and a guy that, uh, well, I, I don't know if he still has nightmares seeing Willie, Ozzy, Vince. He played on those great Dodger teams. Hey, Steve, great to uh, hear your voice, and thanks for jumping on the line here in St. Louis. How are things? Great. Good to be with you. How's it going? Great to be with you, and thanks for doing this. Uh, i, I got to ask you, do you still have uh, nightmares with those uh, old Cardinal teams? No, we gave them nightmares. Oh, I um, like it. <laughs> no, absolutely. They were uh, a tremendous team, very talented, and you know, built the traditional way of pitching and defense and great speed. Um, you know, They had uh, guys like Vince Coleman and Willie McGee and those are mainly the guys that were at the top of the order for the Cardinals when I played against them in the 80s. And uh, they were a very formidable group. I mean, uh, they could beat you in a lot of different ways. And, of course, speed kills. And I know that's, uh, that's something that was not talked a lot about uh, in today's game because stolen bases are something that's almost secondary in baseball now. It's all about the home run, which is too bad because the speed element of the game, I think, is uh, a great thing to watch. And I, I think it will come back. The pendulum always swings a little bit too far when something new and innovative comes about. And I, um, although the home run has been, uh, you know, uh, very prolific, obviously in this game, um, it hasn't been the only thing, but now it is, I mean, hitting home runs is, is the way of the world in baseball right now. But I think that pendulum again is going to swing back and we're going to see more speed in the game. Yeah. You just led me right into my next question. I, I listen to you on, all the time on MLB network radio. So you have a listener and me and I, I call the games for Thank the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, you bet. I love your show. Mm-hmm. And um, I was going to ask you, do you, do you think the pendulum will swing back and, and how is that going to happen? Because with the analytics so prominent in our game today, 
How are we going to do this? You know, the times are there, and we're sitting back and waiting for home runs. How how does this happen? Uh, that's a great question, um, but I think I, I think uh, if we see things over over a period of time in baseball, we saw the dead ball era way way back then, and then the, of course the ball was livened up a bit. Babe Ruth came along and saved baseball, and the home run is big. We saw. Uh, and then we saw it swing back the other way. And then, of course, in the, in the late 90s, we saw the home run come back in a prolific fashion again uh, when the, in the steroid era. Um, but I think uh, in talking to players and talking to general managers and, and whatnot, and people that really run baseball, they, they kind of feel the same way. We're going to start seeing an emphasis more on ways to score besides just the home run. Um, you know, we saw the Chicago Cubs with a young, controllable talent that they had with Baez and Chris Bryant and Schwarber and all those guys uh, really do it in a way of power when they won the World Series and got that monkey off their back. Um, and then, uh, you know, they, they had kind of a downturn where, uh, you know, Baez was, was striking out more and Bryant got hurt. And, you know, if you don't have the home, just the home run, uh, if you have just the home run and no other ways to score, you see what happens. I mean, the Cubs, uh, Cubs haven't really done much since then. So, I think teams are starting to think about we got to have more ways to score runs, like manufacturing runs, scoring runs without a hit. You get a guy on to steal second, go to third on moving them over and score on the sack fly. I think those things are going to start coming back a, a, a little bit because, again, I think the, the higher-ups in baseball realize there's something more than just the home run that can get you out uh, of a long, protracted losing streak, and that's different ways to score runs. We're talking to Steve Sachs here on 101 ESPN, former second base radio analyst. Steve, I wanted to ask you about the team in your backyard, the one that you played for throughout the 80s, the Dodgers. I mean, that for a lot of people here in St. Louis, and I would imagine everywhere, especially in the National League, that is the team that you've got to be able to take down to get to the World Series. Do you see anybody that's close enough talent-wise to be able to do that this year? I mean, how, how much of an unstoppable force can that Dodgers team be this year? Well, that team's extremely deep. I mean, and, and I'm not being a homer just because I played there. Um, do I, you know, spout off and say the Dodgers are the greatest thing since sliced bread? I mean, they're, they're one of the few teams in baseball right now where you can say there's not much question mark uh, on this team as far as any position goes. Usually uh, on teams such as, uh, you know, pick any team like the Yankees. I mean, they got Garrett Cole at the starting rotation, and after that, a bunch of question marks. I mean, you could say that for most teams, uh, but but not the Dodgers. They're they're a team that's absolutely stacked all the way through. Their bullpen was the number one bullpen uh, in the National League last year, uh, and their starting rotation was awesome. And I know the St. Louis Cardinals, who uh, have the past couple of years, are starting rotation. By the way, a team that's built a lot like the Dodgers generally throughout their history. Um, they're a very formidable team as well. Your St. Louis, as far as our pitching staff is concerned. Uh, so um, I, I think that when you look at the Dodgers all over, uh, one place you might be able to say is with the departure of Kike Hernandez uh, and Jock Peterson, maybe they have a little bit of a bench deficiency, uh, but I wouldn't say it's a lot. I mean, they've got other guys that can come in there and, and cover, uh, but they've got great starting pitching, got a great bullpen, uh, and they've got really one through nine uh, as far as the, what they start on their team is absolutely tremendous. So. We'll see, but they're, they're, they're stacked. And, you know, the, the San Diego Padres, their brethren just to the south, they're a fantastic team, too. They've been built into a powerhouse now. A lot of people think that they're going to give the Dodgers a run for the money. I'm really serious about this question, Steve. You, you played a long time at a high level in Major League Baseball. What would you think about a guy running around 
with his camera phone and with uh, cameras following for his YouTube page and doing behind-the-scenes YouTube videos and Trevor Bauer. Personally, I'm a big fan of Trevor Bauer. I communicate on social mm-hmm. media with Trevor Bauer behind the scenes. I love Trevor Bauer, but I'm not his teammate. Um, what would you think about that if you were his teammate? Well, it, it's kind of like this. Uh, you know, there was there was uh, pitchers that knew that if a hitter, a regular player, say your center fielder, was out all night the night before and came to the ballpark about 80% of what he should be, uh, and a ball got over his head where he should have caught it. I guarantee you when he came to the dugout, there was going to be a fight in the dugout. I, I promise you. Um, so uh, I'm not a fan of social media. I, I, I Actually, I hate social media. I don't know why people feel they have to tell everybody in the world their personal life. Um, I, I can't think that he's starving that much for attention. He's got a lot of attention. He's one of the best pitchers in the game. So I don't, I don't get that part of it. For me, I think it's just a personality thing. Um, when I was playing, I, I didn't want anything to do with the extra burden of uh, things such as this. I, I, I'm glad I'm not playing today, although the money is intriguing. The social media stuff that's going on right now can, can absolutely be horrible for people. And, and we've seen careers being taken down because of social media. It's just an absolute piano on people's back. And yet they just engage in it. You know, I guess if they like that stuff, that's fine. I, I, I again, am an absolute, uh, uh, complete person that's completely against social media. I, I just hate it. I just think it's absurd. Talking to Steve Sachs, former major league second and baseman here on 101 ESPN. Steve, I wanted to ask you about the big addition that the Cardinals made this offseason in Nolan Arenado, and I don't think that we've seen him on social media a whole lot. He's basically a baseball mm-hmm. lifer. You've seen a ton mm-hmm. of him, I would imagine, being out in the yeah. National League West over the years. What mm-hmm. can Cardinals fans expect? What makes this guy so special? And the question that we ask all of our guests about Arenado, mm-hmm. where does he rank among your best defensive in the third base that you've seen? Um, he's the best I've ever seen. Uh, Mark Chapman, the guy from the A's, is pretty darn good, too. I think those two are the best. I think Nolan Arenado uh, is the best I've ever seen, and I've seen Brooks Robinson. I've seen all of them. I've never seen anybody that can play it like him. Um, he's one of the top ten players in the game today. I think it, it, as good as he is uh, defensively, he's almost that good off. Um, I was fortunate to coach at Arizona when Paul Goldschmidt was there. Um, I don't know of a better human being I've ever met in the game uh, or in life than Paul Goldschmidt. I think the Cardinals were got a tremendous behind him. him. You're talking about two guys on the corners now, that first and third, that are as prolific and as good as they get, number one, in, in, in how they play on the field, but maybe even more important, the underpinnings of their personalities. Uh, that brings an extra level to the clubhouse. So when you're talking about those two guys, and you're not going to get anything better as far as human beings and the ability to play the game. They're both unbelievable players. And I know I'm glumping Goldschmidt in there, but I think they're, they're about as good as, as the other is. Um, but again, about Arenado, I mean, he's, they're going to see plays that they have never seen before at third base. Uh, and the guy can flat out jack the baseball. This guy's a really good hitter. I don't think you can say, well, he was in Colorado, so all the numbers are inflated. I don't believe that at all. I think uh, he can hit anywhere, and uh, they're going to be delighted. He, he, he's as good at third base as Goldschmidt is at first, so there you go. 
you cover the league with MLB Network Radio, and and now we're coming off a truncated season. How do you think teams are going to get through 162 games with their pitching? How do you think that's going to play out? Mm-hmm. Well, this is this is a this is a topic of discussion that's everywhere now. When I was playing, this is was no topic. I mean, yeah. people went 200 innings easy, and and now we're talking about guys. Well, we can ramp them up to 170 innings maybe this year because of the truncated season last year and the fact that, you know, they didn't get stretched out. So maybe we'll get 150 to 170. I don't know what it's going to be later. You're going to have, what, 12 pitchers, all starters, and everybody's going to go 65 innings someday. Um, This is just an unbelievable regress that we see in baseball today. I don't know why uh, they can't go out and, 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 you know, pitch uh, 180 to 220 innings, which is kind of average from before, but nonetheless, we're going to see, you know, maybe six man rotations. We're going to see guys being held back a starter two, depending on the individual. Uh, and we're going to see more bullpen, more long work out of the bullpen. I think guys, uh, guys going, you know, three and four innings out of the pen. I think we're going to see that on some guys that are swing pitchers uh, that are starters. And that's going to, that's going to be a va- valuable commodity. I think this year to kind of save the starters. The Cardinals are using that potentially this year with Alex Reyes, one of their top prospects. And Steve, I would be curious. I I don't know how much you've talked to pitchers about this, but when it comes to the innings, I, I think sometimes we get so lost in the number and not how they happened, right? So from mm-hmm. from your perspective, yeah. is it better for a guy that is coming off of so much in the in the years past to have a scheduled I'm starting? day one and then day six and I know what my schedule looks like in between or is it better to have that relief option where maybe you end up in 50 games this year they're scattered mm-hmm. throughout but it is a shorter spurt what do you think works better for the arms yeah you know it's it, it, it's hard to say because everybody is built so differently I mean anatomically the human being can't be that much different than in just 25 years right from what I've seen and uh, when I played against to now, I mean, I know there's a violent action uh, with these guys. They throw harder in general and, and all that, but gosh, it can't be that much different, I think. But anyway, I, I think it just depends on the individual. You know, there's, there's some guys that are, are going to be able to uh, go the distance and do all those things, no matter what the situation is. And other guys are going to be, have to be coddled. And I mean, look at uh, Julio Urias from the Dodgers. This guy's been, this guy's never thrown over 110 innings in his, in his career He's still a young man, but he came up when he was 19 years old, and he, they still can't get him, you know, even close to 150. So it's just uh, up to the individual, you know, I, I, I think. And uh, But, you know, I, I'd like to see guys be on a schedule, even if it is a reliever. At least you know that, you know, that's what your job is. I think the, the baseball players, especially pitchers, are creatures of habit, and they really do like a schedule. I mean – I like that when I played and I came to the ballpark, I never even looked at the lineup. I knew, I knew I was batting first and I didn't have to worry about that stuff. And I think pitchers feel the same way. They're pitching every fifth day and the relievers could be up, uh, you know, every other day, let's say. So the schedules are great. Uh, some guys, it doesn't matter though. I, I say this, and this is my final question for you. And Steve Sachs is our guest. We have great athletes in our game today. It's Juan Soto. It's Fernando Tatis Jr. You see Mookie Betts. We have Mike Trout. How good are the yep. athletes in today's game, and how do we maximize oh. showing the general sports fan just how good these athletes are, and how good are they, in your opinion? In my opinion, overall, they're better. There's no question. They're bigger, stronger, faster. We see middle infielders now that aren't uh, 260 hitters that hit three home runs uh, in the season that can really pick it in, around the bag. These are guys that can throw you out from left field. They can throw you out on the other side of second base. 
and they can hit uh, 30 to 40 home runs and steal 50 base. They're, they're just better. There's no question about it. I, I completely believe that. Um, look at Shohei Otani. This is the first time we've seen a guy that can legitimately be a two-way player. We haven't seen that since Babe Ruth, a guy that can really do it on both sides. And, and he has the ability to do it. If he can stay healthy, I think that he will. How do we put these guys on display? Oh, you know what? It would be nice to see a guy like Mike Trout get in the, uh, in the postseason, wouldn't it? Yes. We need to go out and, and get some pitching on that team so they can put this guy on display and see more of him. I think you're going to see guys like Fernando Tatis, as you mentioned, uh, be on national TV more. And I think baseball has to do a better job of really marketing um, some of their stars. You've got two, two of them there in St. Louis, um, Goldschmidt and, uh, and Arenado. These guys should be on weeding boxes. They're, they're great-looking guys. They're tremendous ambassadors for the game. They're, they're tremendous players. Uh, they play in a great place in St. Louis, which is a phenomenal fan base there. Um, I, I think these guys should be on billboards. They should, wear, should be advertised as much as they possibly can because these are real heroes of today. You know, so many little boys and girls look up to these young men, and they're, they're great examples. So I just think baseball in itself needs to take the initiative to go out and market these guys much, much better. In Los Angeles, I mean, they've got Clayton Kershaw and Mike Trout, uh, you know, two of the best ever as far as pitcher and regular player. These guys should be on the 405 freeway from, from San Diego to, uh, to Sacramento. I mean, these guys are just unbelievable, talented guys. So I think baseball needs to do that. Totally agree. Hey, Steve, I'll have you tuned in on MLB. Really, really appreciate your time. Loved watching you play, and, and thanks for doing this today. Really appreciate it. Dan, Brandon, thank you guys so much. You got it. That's Steve Sachs, the former second baseman of the L.A. Dodgers. Appreciate his time. That was fun. That was great. Um, I I love the way that he described Nolan Arenado at third base. Oh, too. yeah. Nolan Arenado is as good at third base as Paul Goldschmidt is at first. Yeah. I mean, it it, it just it simplifies things because we know we, we've seen it uh, with Paul Goldschmidt over the last couple of seasons. The guy is amazing over there at first. And the fact that you've got both of these players now at first and at third. And let's not forget about how good Paul DeYoung has been defensively at short as well. So has the potential to be a really special defensive team this year. Just the difference between the two. Arenado is going to make some plays that will uh, live on forever you're going to have some plays in his time in st louis that we will replay forever and goldschmidt maybe not you know well, it's Gold- a difference in positions too right you know yeah. the, the way that it is played at first versus third. i agree the acrobatics of playing third base are a little bit different he is more acrobatic too like he made a play the other day that he came in on a ball just kind of how he does it arenado he came in on a ball and didn't necessarily have to it was kind of a routine ball and he he made the play, BK, where he was on his left foot, fielded it, and threw completely off balance and threw an absolute rope at the chest of Goldschmidt. And I made the call, and I started laughing. And I was like, that's how Nolan Arenado fields ground balls. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure that you would necessarily teach that, but that's how he does it. it- and you just kind of laugh because he just made it look easy and you know it's not easy even though it's semi-routine but you're like oh okay that's that's how he does this and Paul Goldschmidt will make a diving play and just kind of flip and you go okay and you know it wasn't easy but that was just you know you mark it down oh, okay pitcher cover that's 3-1 I put a little star to it but I'm not going to remember that play but I remember now here we are five days later and I go 
gosh, that play that Arno made, you know, you know, it was a little like five chopper. He came in, he was off balance. The play that was better was Goldschmidt's play, but I'm not going to re- you know, I'm not going to talk about that, but I'm going to remember some routine play that Nolan Arenado made, but he's just acrobatic. That's how he does things. It's kind of Jimmy Edmonds-esque. A little the, bit. The way that Jimmy used to make plays yes. out in center, and maybe it was a routine play that he ended up diving for that made it look a little bit more special, right? Oh, um, yeah. But he made the plays, and the acrobatics of the way that he played made it even more special to watch him on a day in and day out basis. Cause you, you just hadn't really seen stuff like that before. It's going to be so much fun to watch this guy. I cannot wait to watch him every night. This is the Danny Mac show with BK, the podcast powered by I promise. Danny Mac show with BK for fans who don't know you're getting over a little cough. Yeah, a little cold, yeah. I'm okay. making it work. Yep. But uh, you grinded through the blues pre and post some lame late night, so we appreciate Hell that. Oh, yeah, we did, Dan. I like it. I like it. You're stealing my stuff. Hey, man, it's it's more... You're stealing uh, my stuff. Imitation is the highest form of flattery. Yeah, it is. Who have got coming up with Alex, the uh, great Enos Harris, who does... Really, I, I mean, I appreciate his work. He dives into the numbers in baseball. If you're a baseball geek, and I mean that with all sincerity, deal, stealing that line, I guess. Um, if you love getting into the numbers, and the numbers do help explain the story, Enos does a really good job, and he loves baseball. He's he just tremendous at covering the game, and we've had him on a number of times. But gets into some really good numbers, especially on the analytics side, especially if you get into pitching. But you wanted to get into a a, a specific part of something you were diving into. What was it? Yeah, so basically what I what I want to ask about with Eno, and by the way, he's he's numbers, but he also talks to the pitchers about their grips, new pitches right. that they're working on. So he he's a little bit of both sides. Like kind of the the eye metrics guy while all, or the eye test guy while also looking at the metrics. I wanted to ask him about Alex Reyes's role in particular this season, because the more I think about this, Dan, the more I wonder. So would it be more beneficial to know you're going every fifth day and maybe he ends up going four? maybe you just don't want to extend him on those uh, in those starts or in the role that they're likely going to have him, which is out of the bullpen, where could be today, could be two days from now, could be five days from then, could be two days from then, and it's a little bit more scattered, right, as to when you're going to come in, what the role will be when you come in. The high leverage um, innings are a little bit more stressful on your arm than coming in clean, knowing exactly when you're going to come in. So I want to ask him about that. What's What are his thoughts on the role and how that plays into some of the stress that goes into a pitcher's arm? Interesting. I always find it interesting, two out of three, three out of five, four out of seven, Young guy as opposed to old guy. How much mileage uh, previous years? Um, What kind of pitches does he throw? How hard does he throw? For instance, we had a a question here. Danny Mack, I truly believe if Hicks didn't go through Tommy John and then COVID COVID hit, I think we could have eventually seen him as a starter. What do you think? I don't think he would have been a starter because he throws so hard. I think he would eventually gravitated towards the bullpen. I think there's certain guys that throw so hard that – they just gravitate towards the bullpen. I think it's part of just the process of got to be careful with guys. And you are what you are. I mean, I think that when you throw that hard, I think they just want to be careful about how hard you throw. You limit the innings. 
And I totally get that. Uh, I, I'd be curious I have, if you ask him about that. Yeah, I, I will for sure. And the reason why I want to ask him is because I've been on board all along and I'm not questioning what the Cardinals are doing. I think they're going about it the correct way personally. Um, but it's something that I hadn't really considered. So as we think about this a little bit more in, in the reality as opposed to the abstract, because now it's real. Um, what, what's this going to be like for Alex Reyes going into this season? Because all innings are not created equal. Uh, coming into a game in the bottom of the fifth with two on one out and you've got to get out of that situation is not the same. Yeah, it's not the same as starting out a game. You're fresh. You knew exactly what your lead up was. The ramp up was to your day of being a starter. It's it's just different. And so I want to ask him about that. High leverage. I've always said the final three outs of a game. Al Roboski and I would debate all the time and he would know better than I. He used to get those three outs and a lot of times it was the final nine outs. He was a great closer, former fireman of the year. And I would debate. I said, Al, I said, I'm telling you, man, these are different. He's nope. Outs are outs. And I said, no, but he would know better than I. I never did it. So anyway, it'll be interesting. Looking forward to that. Who else you got? Coming up at uh, 130, we've got Weber as well, and we will begin things with the Miles Michaelis Concernometer. I think there needs to be an update to that today. Looking forward to it. Fun show. BK, Danny Mac will do it again tomorrow at 10 on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. On November 13th, it's the dawning of a new era when the NFL debuts in Germany live on NFL Network. Brady and the Bucks. Touchdown, Tampa Bay! DK and the Seahawks. Puts the ball up, making a catch! Wake up and watch with the world. It's Sunday morning football. Live from Munich. Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, only on NFL Network. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.